I think sometimes that positive joy comes out of pain, comes Mm. out of, I didn't get the answer to prayer or my friend's kid died of cancer. You know, and, and when you go through that and you see that God is still good, that he's still there. And though there's pain, it is not the end of the story. It is not the last chapter. There is always hope. Hi, it's Yvette here. Listen, I'm just going to take a few seconds to ask you for a big favor. If you love this podcast, then hit the subscribe or the follow button if you haven't already, right now on your phone or on your computer, and leave me a five-star rating. And then leave me a review and tell me what you love about the show or what you'd like me to talk about. All this really helps to send out the message of the Positively Joy podcast to the people who need to hear it. And then finally, if you love it, then share this with everybody that you know. Thanks so much. That's it. Let's get on with the show. Hello, and welcome to Positively Joy, the podcast on searching for the light in all seasons. I'm your host, Yvette Walker, and on this podcast, you'll hear stories that show how you can find God in everyday life, on the job, in media, and even in your favorite hobby. I would love for you to listen and be encouraged. Today, we are so happy to welcome Meg Gleisner, a Seattle mom of eight, a podcaster, and a child of God. Hey, Meg, thank you so much for being on the show. Hi, Yvette. Thanks for having me on Positively Joy. I feel honored and blessed just to be part of what God's doing here. Well, I'm happy to have you here. And we are both, I know you say that you're trying to live your best life. We are both trying to live our best lives and to give glory to God. So that's that's what we're going to try to do. Amen. <laughs> okay. Um, so you are a podcaster and your podcast is Letters from Home. And it brings uh, a faith story, a real faith story from people who love Jesus of all ages and demographics uh, in, in each episode. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. But before we do, I'd like to get to know you a little bit. I'd like my audience to get to know you a little bit. So uh, tell me about your family, your eight children and your husband. Thank you, Yvette. Yes, we've been married, my husband and I, 31 years. I'm 53 and we just found out last week we have our fifth grandkid on the way. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, and our, our oldest is 30 and our youngest is 14. So we have married kids in Eastern Canada. San, we have somebody in San Diego, a married daughter in El Paso. We've got kids all over the place and we still have two teenagers who just started virtual school at home. So we have a freshman and a wow. senior who just started their virtual year. That is, yeah, that's, that's a whole nother thing that we can talk about. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. And, and I know you like to refer to them as your team, helping you, supporting you in all your efforts. Absolutely. Team Gleesner here. And there's a whole bunch of support happening here. And this summer, it was great. We had a couple of bonus kids from COVID and each kid has participated in each other's lives and we're participating with the podcast. Some have done created music for the podcast. My daughter co-hosted with me. My grandkids did a little voice thing. It's a lot of fun to be part of a team, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. 
Um, so let's talk a little bit about your faith walk. Um, because you started the podcast for a different reason, but before we get into that, uh, I think that you probably have an interesting story yourself because really your podcast is all about really interesting faith stories. And so let's dig into yours. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many crazy and great stories in the world. And I wish my story was a little less interesting than it is, but let's just say God's given me many opportunities to choose joy as I reflect upon my childhood. And I grew up in Southern California and my parents were married very young because my mom was pregnant and their marriage was explosive from the get-go. My dad was physically uh, harmful to my mother and it was, they moved away from family to follow a job. So really they were, they were raising kids and they had a loveless marriage and then there was volatility and selfishness and they ended up getting divorced when I was very little. And so then it began, you know, life, life with a single mom, shout out to the single moms out there. It's not easy to be a single mom. And my mom had four kids. My dad was out of the picture and she had four very little kids. And after being physically mistreated, she went really internal. So Mm. she kind of ignored us a bit. And we grew up and on welfare and food stamps. And I remember you know, walking to the store by myself when I was just a little girl with a list and like, "Ah, I don't know how to do this and order groceries and, and stuff like that. It was hard. We moved a ton with so many, uh, just being low income. We moved a lot. I think I went to 10 elementary schools. So I really never had a chance to get friends or be grounded. And there wasn't faith in the home. I think my parents both grew up Catholic And because of that, I think my mom felt a bit abandoned by the church when her parents didn't believe her when she said she was physically abused. Mm. Isn't that rough? Yeah, that really is. And then my dad, he is one of those intellectual people. And I think in college, he went to a Catholic college and he didn't, there were no answers. So he just thought it was a bunch of a bunch of BS, a big, a big lie. And so I grew up in that kind of environment where we never talked about God. I never heard anything about God. And there was a lot of brokenness. And when you, when you, when you don't have God, when we do have God in our lives, we can have brokenness too. When you don't have the Lord and then you add alcohol and you add a bunch of stuff, there can be all kinds of brokenness and hurt happening to little kids. And really nobody helped us process all that stuff, all the things that were going on. Nobody ever said, sorry for hurting us or yelling at us, or there just wasn't mentors in our life. There weren't people in our life. And so as a little kid, you're just thinking this is normal. Now my mom has a new boyfriend. Now he's asking, uh, me or my sister to do stuff we shouldn't be doing. And, you know, there's just, as a kid, you don't have any way of processing this. You just think it's all normal. And when the people that you're supposed to trust and love the most, and they're supposed to, you don't have a safe place as a young girl, you can be very insecure. And I was for sure. Mm -hmm. And even though they were raised Catholic, you were not in church at this time. Correct. I had never really been to church one year. It was a little bit 
tough for my mom. And so she sent us off to Tennessee from California to spend a summer with our grandparents and they would take us to church. And I was confirmed and my brother was, but I had no idea. I just was so happy to see a couple that loves each other and my grandparents and they prayed with us at the table or fed us food. We weren't short on food when I grew up. We never had enough food. We never had enough attention, enough clothes. My mom tried and Hey, I can, I learned games growing up and I I'll beat any of you at Scrabble just saying. (laughs) (laughs) So there's some good things I learned, but there was so, so much need and insecurity. So when we, yeah, when we got back with my mom, we had been exposed a little bit to God, but we were so little, we were just so focused on being loved. We just probably didn't really, the God thing didn't resonate too much. Okay. Okay. But you're here today and you found him at some point. So how did that happen? Well, when I started high school, I was gone back and forth to my parents' house. You know, there was fighting different things. My dad had gotten remarried to a very controlling woman. And my sister and I just were pretty alone and internal. You know, you just talk quietly in your room at night um, about things on your heart. Like, I didn't know you could talk about stuff that's really on your heart and how you're feeling and your pain. And one day I was at school and there was this really nice girl and she gave me a ride home after a dance. I didn't have a ride. I'd been waiting almost an hour in the dark by myself. And she said, Meg, why don't you come home? I'll give you a ride. And I was like, she's so nice. She's like, how are you doing? And I started spilling all my inner things to her. You know, Uh I mean, you can just never underestimate the kindness of a stranger, right? Or a, a classmate. And this is somebody in high school. And so she said, well, you should come hang out with me and my friends. And I started hanging out with her and she was part of this group called Campus Life, which is a Christian group that has an outreach to high schools. Yeah, I was so happy to be part of this new group and I felt accepted and everyone was so nice. And we did things in groups. And one night we all hung out at my friend's house and this guy, Lance, opened up the Bible in this co-ed group and said, Hey, I want to share something with everyone. And he shared John three 16. And he said, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And I was listening so intently, intently. And I thought, wow, that sounds amazing. And he said, God loves us all so much. And he, he wants to be in our lives. Is there anyone who would like to give their life to Christ? And I remember, Yvette, while he was saying that, my heart was just burning within me. And I said, I do. My friend did, another friend of mine did too, but I think she just did it for peer pressure. (laughs) And so then we prayed. He said, okay, we'll just pray out loud, repeat after me. I'd never prayed before. And I said, "Uh, yeah, I don't really want to do the pray out loud thing. And I remember praying in my heart, repeating in my heart what he was saying with all my heart and that was the day I gave my life to Christ. And I know I woke up a new person. It felt like a cloud was lifted. The birds were singing. I really had one of those moments where I was truly saved. Wow. Wow. That is amazing. You know, we hear, we hear of stories of redemption and stories of conversion and stories of letting God into your heart. And I think that sometimes when other people hear them, 
they think, okay, that's nice, but there's, but there's no way for them to really understand if they haven't had that happen to them. And, and I can hear you. I mean, I, I know that what you're telling me is, is real and um, that you felt it so deeply. And especially as a teen, because teens feel so deeply. Absolutely. And what's funny is my kids, because they've grown up in a Christian home, they're like, mom, tell me again. They're fascinated because they don't have another point of reference for Mm -hmm. salvation. And so they really like that. And, you know, once I, I, he gave me his Bible and I kept that Bible. I sadly lost it in college sometime, but I started reading the Bible. He said, just start reading it. So I just randomly read it and started growing in my faith just all by myself. I never had even thought about going to church or I didn't even know what church was at that point in my faith, but I did think, Hey, maybe I should tell my dad I'm a Christian. So how'd that go? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that didn't go so well. (laughs) My dad is an atheist and he's still an atheist to this day. And he's, I think because he was hurt so badly as a kid himself And then he had the bad experience with religion, but he's a very angry, hostile guy. And he did get sober a year before I I became a Christian, but all the anger and the leftover stuff was there. And so I was a real timid kid, but I said, dad, um, I just wondered what you think about God. And he's like, uh, you know, like it's just a bunch of BS. It's stupid. There's no room for God in my house. And I was too intimidated really to tell him that I was a Christian. So, okay. Yeah. And then I, I went, but when I went to college and my, the Christian friends group that I had, they went to another college and I was going to try and, you know, play sports at this other college, but I didn't know any Christians. Like I better find some friends. And I started going to a Bible study and a prayer meeting where I met my husband and I saw people and I thought, wow, these people really know God. And I just wanted to grow in my faith. I signed up for prayer meeting and discipleship. And, uh, the girl I was discipling was like, Hey, do you want to come to church with me? Sure. But of course, you know, the interfere, like, uh, uh, what's my dad gonna say? Right. And so I talked to my dad and my stepmom, and, uh, they had gotten married just uh, a couple years before and I had stepsisters and a sister there at that time. I had a brother who had gotten kicked out of the house. It was pretty, pretty rulesy, stressful house for anyone to live in. And when I said, Hey, I, I was invited to go to church and I'd like to go. And he was like, Whoa, what? That's a bunch of propaganda. It's a bunch of BS. And if you want to go to church, you are not welcome to live in my house. If you go once, you can go once. But if you ask to go again, you may not live in my house. Mm. Pretty crazy, right? Yeah. And I I prayed about it. I was only 17 when I started college. So I was a minor. And we really had the control for that. But I decided I went to church and I loved it. I couldn't believe there's a room full of people singing. You know, I think I think about that now because I help with youth and sometimes they're like, yeah, church, whatever. But for me, it was church. Everyone's singing and there was a message and they're sharing God's word. I think because I had been hiding my Bible in my room and, and like not letting my dad see me read and jumping like I was jumpy all the time because I had to hide my face. So to be in a place where I could openly praise that was so cool. This is amazing because when we hear a story like that, 
We don't think the United States. We think Christians in Iran. We think, you know, Christians in some parts of Europe even, you know, where it's not cool to be um, a child of God. But this was in your home here in the United States. And that's something I don't think that we hear about very often. Right. And and my, my dad even said, I'd rather you were on, tell me you were on drugs than that you were a Christian. And I, what's sad and weird and God has a way of working, but one of my sisters actually ended up on drugs mm. and her group of friends had a party at the house and they robbed my parents of a lot of money. And it, it makes me sad, but it's kind of like, you know, I think of, you know, when Jesus and Barabbas were there and they're like, give us Barabbas. And really, was that really a great idea? I don't think it really no. was a great idea. No, no. You know, hearing hearing this story, your testimony, really, I think, um, allows me to understand and, and soon listeners to understand just what Letters from Home is about. You know, because you are able to communicate this, um, you are able now to go and talk to others about really deeply in some cases, deeply disturbing stories um, of young people and, and older people um, and, their, and their walk to faith. And it's beautiful, ultimately, but it's sometimes it's difficult. And so I want to talk a little bit about Letters from Home because it's a great podcast, really. And so um, if you don't mind, I just want to play a little clip from one of your episodes and it's the episode called The Hustler Meets the Healer. Uh, and the young lady you're going to hear from right now is Tanya Lundberg. And we're just going to hear just a little bit. You know, I mean, just hearing that little clip tells us the, you know, the, the deep story that we're about to hear from Tanya. Um, so I'd like to know a little bit about why you started the podcast and really what it's done for you, for you and your faith walk and in the relationships that you have found with your, you know, with your guests. Yeah, I I really didn't really know what a podcast was when I got started. I had, Anthony Bourdain had passed away. And yeah, just in case people don't know, can you tell us about who he was? Anthony Bourdain was a very excellent kind of rough edged chef. And my kids and I had watched some of his cooking shows and he's a very interesting person. And he sadly took his own life and it was devastating and I wanted to read more information about him. So I was Googling Anthony Bourdain and I stumbled upon a podcast and I listened to the episode with him while I was cooking and cleaning and it was so interesting and, you know, and I prayed for his family because I know that's all very difficult but I was listening and I thought, wow, this was so encouraging hearing his story. I mean, encouraging. I, it, it was so interesting and it made time go by fast. And I thought, well, maybe if 
there's other testimonial Christian testimonies and podcasts out there. So I started looking for podcasts and I, I know I really didn't know the right place to look, but I could only find stuff that was like Jesus plus home decor or lifestyle or just stuff. And I thought that's nice. But what really encourages me personally is testimonies, you know, like, like with my story, just sharing, you know, that I did get kicked out of the house and then I ended growing up and growing in my faith and God has used me in my life to, uh, to lead so many to Christ. And, you know, I just step back and think that's amazing. And when I thought, well, maybe I should start a podcast and share some testimonies and help people get their stories out. And as soon as I did, Yvette, 30 faces came to mind. And so many of the people on the list, and Tanya is one of them, whose life I thought about. And when I think about those faces in their lives, it encourages me so much. And I thought if it encourages me, maybe it will encourage somebody else. And I just had this strong desire and nudge in my heart that, Meg, you should start a podcast. And I really Mm. believe it was God. Oh, yeah, I totally believe it was God. (laughs) For sure. So uh, some some of these people that you know, I mean, you just said you can you came up with you know quickly a list of people that you think would be good. Um, so how do you how do you pick them? And the stories are are significant, and so um, sometimes that might be difficult for someone to 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 release that. And so how do you how do you how do you pick your people? And then how do you uh, encourage them to to give that to give that testimony? It's a great question. I I pray about it first of all. Lord, who do you want me? I still pray. I have that in my monthly prayer letter. Like, please pray that I I interview the who God wants me to, that God leads me. But it's somebody that inspires me, like one older gentleman, Tim Walton. I'd been to three funerals that this man was uh doing the message on. And I left funerals encouraged and I'm a little bit fearful of death, even though I know I've got the Lord. It's just something I struggle with here and there. And I left the funerals encouraged and I thought, wow, what he shared was so encouraging. And if he encouraged me and I've gotten so many good feed, good feedback on his episode, one of my friends has an 11 year old daughter who started a cupcake business to help feed the homeless. Um, mm. Another lady I know is, 90 and she lived in Gabon for 40 years as a single woman and helped translate the Bible in a different translation. And these are just people that I know. And in COVID, I've branched out to people that I don't know. I've met so many beautiful people like you at PodFest and podcasters where I just think, Lord, maybe someday I'll be able to help get their story out too. Wow. Wow. You talked about prayer. Let's talk about that for a minute. It can be really personal. Um, one of one of my episodes is about a woman who prayed a prayer. She she figures it would be when she kind of counts and figures out how many days, 5,000 ta- times um, she prayed for mm-hmm. her father to come to know Christ. Wow. And after the 5,000th prayer, she said it came, it came true. That's, that's commitment. That's a long time. Um, so talk about what prayer does in your life and, um, and how personal it can be to you. Prayer is so important. It's 
It's me personally talking to God, sharing with him my heart, sharing with him my struggles, asking for forgiveness for the things that I don't know. And for me, I spend so much time praying for my family. You better believe with eight kids, we've got a variety. They're all humans and they all have their own journey and they all need Jesus. So do all the grandkids and also my neighbors and my nieces and nephews. And Yvette, the thing that encourages me most, when I think of Isaiah 30, 18, it says the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we pray and it's about fix this or do that. Like it's some kind of a vending machine kind of God who's just a Santa Claus handing out presents. But there's so much more when you're praying, you know, you're praying for your friends, you're praying for your coworkers, all those things. We're, we're putting ourselves in a place to be a blessing to others, to let God work through us. And Paul said in first Corinthians, I watered, I mean, I planted Apollos watered, but God is the one who's giving the increase. So what Amen. we might have a burden to prayer to trust God, but when we truly rest in the fact that he is so good and he's so big and he wants to bless and be gracious, when we rest in that and that he's doing the work, it really, that's something that's transformed my prayer life, really, that the burden isn't on me. It's on God. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, we always talk about, we always feel like we have to work so hard and all we have to do is love him and accept his love and grace and, uh, and do what he says. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so you talked about meeting some new people during COVID and, you know, you know, obviously the, the, the show is named positively joy and, and it was born of the pandemic, but it kind of seems, you know, a little strange about trying to find joy, uh, in a time such as this, but how do you think we can use prayer to help us find that joy and that joy in him? There's a verse that says, cast all your care upon him because he cares for you. Mm. And I love that verse because you just imagine fishing, which probably people aren't doing a lot of right now, pandemic and all, but you just, the word my daughter this summer was with me. She was showing me all these great apps where you could look up the Greek words and do all the things. And she said, mom, this is what the verse is, but it's like hurling. It's way like he, he wants us to tell him about all the pains and the fears. And there's a lot of fears right now, right? People's anxiety level. You know, there's times when I've been stressed school started this week and my son had this terrible scheduling glitch with, no academic classes and two PE classes in a row. And it, you know, you can sense a little tension rising and that's the time to say, Lord, you've got this. And actually stopped with my son actually about an hour ago and Mm. we prayed for his schedule. And we said, we know God has this. Now, does that mean he's going to get the classes? No, but it means God's going to be with us through that journey And times like this, we don't know. There's people that are sick with COVID. There's people that are dying. There's so much going on. But I know God has a much bigger picture and that he's working through people in spite of all this and through all this. Yeah, yeah. Amen to that. Amen. You have such a a positive and and, and forward-looking personality. And 
when you or, or your guests have experienced, you know, a life or experiences that's difficult, that's tough, but yeah, you're able to walk out of that while not denying that it happened, but walking out of that and coming to know that there is God, that there is a God who loves us and who is our good, good father. And as I said, I think that people who have not come to know Christ, that's probably one of the biggest questions they may have. How can you do that? How do you do that? Having experienced something difficult, but being able to walk out of that and know that you have a loving father. That's, that's a great question. I think Tanya is a really good example of that. Yeah. When I think of her life, I feel like my life has been Disneyland really compared Mm -hmm. to her life. It is, it is astounding what she went through as a child and the neglect and what a hundred and something foster homes in one year and being homeless and, uh, prostituting at age 12 and she had no other options. And so how do, how do you look at that? I think the hard part is why is there suffering? You know, why, why are people dying? It's so hard, but all I can think Yvette is that what I would share with somebody, if you don't know the Lord yet, if you, you know, is there's a lot bigger picture that our minds and our hearts don't understand. And all I can think, if you think of a child being raped or just horrible things like that, Mm -hmm. there has to be such a bigger and better plan in heaven and what God's doing that I think we're just, the questions that we are asking, the whys aren't, aren't the questions that are necessarily the right questions. I mean, that and I know God's good and I know he's merciful. And so, and you know, I've got eight kids. I've had kids that have been through some things. I mean, yes, I have. I think sometimes that positive joy comes out of pain, comes Mm. out of, I didn't get the answer to prayer or my friend's kid died of cancer, you know? And, And when you go through that and you see that God is still good, that he's still there. And though there's pain, it is not the end of the story. It is not the last chapter. There is always hope. Mm, so beautiful. So beautiful. Um, gosh, that was that was amazing. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Because even if there are people listening who, who have come to know him, um, there's so many of us who don't know what to say to people when we are in the situation where they've, they've lost someone to COVID, for example. I mean, that I, we, I know people who have, who are sick and who have lost people to COVID and it's so hard to try to, to tell them God loves you because it, because at that time it seems like that they don't want to hear it. And it seems like, you know, I can't, I'm human. I'm a flawed human. I can't tell them what God's thinking, but talking to someone like you or like one of your guests who have lived through something and yet still knows that there is God, I think speaks to, to a lot of what we can't put into words. And so. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. But I'm looking forward to, to all the upcoming stories on letters from home. Um, Where'd the title come from? That's, a great question and something so personal to me, but 
In 2 Corinthians 3, it says that our lives are like a letter written by Christ. And so for me, as a host in the podcast, I the letters from home and my artwork, there's a picture of a dove pulling the rainbow down from the sky into a clouded sky. And for me, I want each testimony and story to be an encouraging audio letter from heaven right in the midst of your hard day or your hard week. Mm, So beautiful. Thank you so much, Meg. This has been such a great conversation. And I know, um, I know a lot of people are really, really learning from this and um, and, and that's why we do what we do. Um, so thank you. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. I so appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Such a blessing. Many thanks to Meg today for being on the show. We appreciate her and everything she's doing with her podcast, Letters from Home, and the amazing stories that she reveals to the world. We appreciate you listening to the Positively Joy podcast please go to PositivelyJoy.com to listen to previous episodes and to receive a free teachable on five ways to choose joy. Come back next time for more amazing people who find God in their lives every day. I'm your host, Yvette Walker, and farewell for now.